KCOU 88.1 FM. Hopefully you have a groovy time. KCOU 88.1, start your Sunday, starting week one of the NFL season. Harrison Vapnik alongside Jonathan Liddy Lidskin on this Sunday, September 12th, year 2021. It's already been a wild weekend, and we're just halfway through it. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. We had an unbelievable crazy day yet again in college football yesterday, and like it's it's feeling like late 2000s with the way we're getting the start of this college football season. I feel like last year we lacked so many of these big college football games, and we're two weeks in and like combined with Iowa State, Iowa, and Oregon, Ohio State, and whatever happened last night, mm-hmm. and what was in Georgia, Clemson from last week, and yep. everything in between is just it's kind of made up for what the the lost season of last year, I would say. Yeah, and last season I felt like there was a large unpreparedness between. A lot of teams, plus, like, a lot of the craziness you see in college football comes when ranked teams go and play on the road, and we didn't really have fans last year. So that took away a large part of what makes college football college football. So we'll start with this as we get into Ohio State, Oregon. We do have a a special guest. I didn't didn't really say about talking college football with us. An unexpected guest, and that's chaos. Mm -hmm. Chaos is here, and two weeks in. No, Ohio State was a 14.5-point favorite at home against Oregon yesterday. Twice, as Ryan Day is the head coach, he, they had been less than a 20-point favorite at home. They had won those games by 35 and 42, I want to say. Yeah. Against uh, Cincinnati Wisconsin. and Wisconsin. Yesterday was the first time Ryan Day had lost the game in the regular season. They were not just unprepared for this game. He was out-coached. They were out-schemed by Oregon. By Mario Cristobal, who has a, a track record of kind of falling short in these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State just wasn't ready to play. Yeah, I want to give a lot of credit to the new offensive coordinator at Oregon, who, Harry, you probably are familiar with this name, Joe Moorhead. He was the offensive coordinator at Penn State when they had Saquon Barkley under James Franklin. He was the head coach at Mississippi State, and that didn't work out all too well. But he gets this new opportunity at Oregon, and one thing we found out yesterday is even if he can't be a coach he's a heck of a coordinator I mean the the plan for Ohio State's defense yesterday was simple find their weakest position position group I should say and attack it that's exactly what they did the Ducks ran for ran ran wild CJ Verdell had 161 yards and two touchdowns on 20 carries Anthony Brown was really good off play action didn't make mistakes and Ran for 65 yards as well, and the Travis Dye added 43 yards. The one thing I didn't expect yesterday is Ohio State's defensive line to be dominated like that in the trenches. And I think we're still seeing this year in college football that even with the new spread offense, even with football becoming an offensive game, if you can win in the trenches, you're still going to win a lot of football games. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a misconcept. It's, that's what football still is. And if I told you yesterday at this time 
C.J. Stroud with her for 484 yards, three touchdowns. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 145 yards. Chris Olave, 126 yards. Gary Wilson, 117 yards. How many points do you think Ohio State would have scored? 52. They scored 28. Like, I, they failed so many times. They were, what, one for four on fourth downs, one for five on fourth downs. <laughs> they couldn't execute on that spot. Stroud, on the last three drives, completely fell apart. After having a couple of good drives together to get it back to a seven-point game, but the defense needed to get stops. They couldn't get it. Yeah, and people are going to look at his stat line, and it's going to be a misconception for this year. C.J. Stroud played pretty well yesterday, I'd say, but when it came to converting in big spots, he was awful for the most part. Bad. And so was Ryan Day for that matter. Like, We'll talk about Ryan Day in a second. Th- like, this, this team was just completely outcoached yesterday. They, it, was a, it was a mismatch on the offensive line. And, uh, like, Ohio State's going to have an uphill battle from here. This was not a game people saw coming. So this was Ryan Day's second game coaching. The first one was against Minnesota last Thursday without Justin Fields as his quarterback. And now we're kind of seeing the results of how important Fields really was to that offense. Mm-hmm. Kind of maybe the... People even criticized Fields for a time, especially last year in the games against Northwestern especially, that you know maybe Fields was kind of the glue that kept it together offensively in terms of kind of managing the game and not making critical mistakes. I tweeted something kind of as a half joke is, Ryan Day looks really good against Michigan State and Northwestern. But again, it's this is what his third career loss he's lost to, Alabama, Oregon, and Clemson. Mm-hmm. The only like really big win on his resume is the last Clemson year in the playoff. Last year, something I, we both predicted would happen, but it's he. I feel like Ryan Day still has stuff to prove. I don't think we can give Ryan Day this exception yet that he's already a proven coach and he's already a winner because he's not. He hasn't won anything yet. He's won one bowl game. Let, let's one second. Let's let's not. He's won two Big Ten championships. Yes, Ohio State should win the Big Ten every year. I don't even want to hear that as an excuse. There is. We should not be treating Ryan Day like he's his championship pedigree coach yet because he hasn't done it. We should, not, we should not let him off the hook for losing a game at home as a 14.5-point favorite to Mario Cristobal. Championship coaches do not do this. And you mentioned the Big Ten championships that he's won. Even those two games, he was kind of massively outcoached, and then their massively. talent took and over. Blown out. You, like Northwestern last year was a complete disaster. They couldn't move the ball offensively. And they were lucky Northwestern's offense was what it was because otherwise they would have lost that game. And then, second of all, the, you go back two years ago to the 2019 Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin. Wisconsin played lose the game bingo. I like Wisconsin was up big on on, on them before they're up 14 at the half. Before Jeremy Ruckert made an unbelievable catch and Justin Fields finally got going. But like uh, every single big game, it feels like this guy just is unprepared, is outcoached, and just like widely forgets like everything Ohio State does in their easy wins. So here, here we are, Ohio State sitting at 1-1, one and, one, and they're going to have an uphill battle from here just to get to the Big Ten Championship, I guess. I mean, I still would think they're in the driver's seat. Penn State is – it's going to come down to Penn State at Ohio State and for, for, to Ohio State's advantage that game's in Columbus. But you could say Oregon went to Columbus and won that game. I think Penn State defensively is really good. They won against Ball State yesterday pretty handedly from what I remember. I don't know if they're going to be undefeated by the time – they get to Columbus, that game is on Halloween, or maybe the day before Halloween, on October 30th. Yeah. Look, so, we're still so far away from that game. I'm not ready to say Ohio State's not going to make the Big Ten championship. We're not going to win the Big Ten, but this is definitely a slow start to their season. Yeah, Penn, Penn State kind of got a tough break, if we, if we want to mention them real quick. They have to play their three toughest Big Ten games this year, all, on the, all on the road. 
They had to play at Wisconsin, they have to play at Iowa, and they have to play at Ohio State. I mean, State. they've already got one of them out of the way, though. Yeah, they do. And that's to Penn State's advantage that they already have one of them out of the way. And, like, we mentioned Penn State has to play in Columbus. And even though Oregon won yesterday, Penn State's going to have the same mismatch on their lines that Oregon did yesterday. So don't, don't tell me Penn State can't go to Columbus and win. They absolutely can. And right now it looks like they, they have a legit shot. I agree. I, I really agree. Let's let's talk about the other best team in the I think well, I think both of us think the best team in the Big Ten, Iowa. Yeah. They currently are the best team in the Big Ten. Iowa is by by default, I would think, the best team in the Big Ten right now. Well, you say that, it's like Iowa's played good football. Like against good teams. Mm-hmm. Against two very good teams. I wouldn't call Indiana very good. Yeah, I should correct that, but a good team. Iowa State, this is what what a horrible performance by Iowa State yesterday. Yeah, so Iowa was a four and a half point dog. Liddy and I said it last week. We were hammering it all week. This was my free play lock pick of the week. Iowa plus four and a half was sitting on a on a tee. Mm-hmm. It was sitting there on a tee, and you know we had the driver in hand, and we we put it on the green. It's this like, was this was a great great game for Iowa, and just dominated by their defense. I their defense is by far the best unit in the Big Ten. I think it's better than Penn State's defense. I think it's better than Ohio State's offense. Uh, I don't even know what else would he even be in third in that category. Maybe Wisconsin's defense is pretty good, but I this Iowa defensive unit is is scary. They have guys flying all over the field. They get pass rush with four, and their offense did enough. It, I think they only had what 150 total yards of 173. offense. 173. Tyler Goodson only ran for 55 yards, and it, like it felt like a lot more than that. Spencer Petras did what he needed to do. He had the, a couple of nice big plays down the field to find their tight ends. Uh, Jones had, what, two catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown their tight end. But, man, the story is that Iowa defense. And, and it's like we talked about last week at Georgia. Like, defenses can still win championships. They can still win games in the sport. And maybe this year is the change of that because of the last 10 years. I don't want to go back to that rant again. But the last 10 years, it's been all offense, offense, offense. And now we could be seeing the defensive path. And, man... Iowa could be a contender in college football this season. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the numbers in this game. If you had told me yesterday, before the start of that game, that Tyler Goodson was going to have 2.6 yards to carry, I would have told you, okay, Iowa State's going to win this game by a touchdown. Like, it's just shocking how horrible Iowa State was in the second half and at times when they really needed to play safe. Brock Purdy had three interceptions, which, by the way, credit to Iowa. They now have, I think, five interceptions in four halves of football. And six yeah, turns, and, and they have not turned the ball over. They they forced four turnovers turnovers overall. They hit a quarter, quarterback who had a quarterback rating of thirty three point six yesterday, and they dominated. This team is going to get stops. They're going to force turnovers. They're not going to turn the ball over themselves, and that's how they're going to win win football games. They're going to go let you make the mistakes and not make the mistakes themselves. Do we think they'll be undefeated going to the Penn State game? I haven't looked at their schedule, it's, but like it's I would pretty am, light. I would imagine they do like. Minnesota's not beating them. I don't know when that game is. Like, no one else in the Big Ten West besides Wisconsin maybe can beat them. And even then, we saw Wisconsin line up with, like, we saw Wisconsin line up with Penn State last week, and they kept making mistake after mistake. If Iowa can get them to do that, they're going to be in for a world of trouble. That game against Iowa, I think, is on the the ninth uh, the game Iowa Penn State on the 9th of October. We we might be doing a starter Sunday live from Iowa City if that's a top if that's like a top like six matchup. Mm-hmm. We, we we might drive the three and a half hour north to Iowa City and get that game. Yeah, that that would be absolutely crazy. But I mean, Iowa State. I don't know where they go from here. Like yeah, that we they were we talked about them being a little fraudulent last week and they struggled against Northern Iowa. 
Matt Campbell is still a disappointment. I, I still, still consider still can't win the big ones. I still consider Iowa State the second best team Whoa, in the Big Twelve. You want to talk about the team that we thought was the second best team in the Big Twelve? Texas. They're they're not pretend. We're gonna go to pretenders contenders, but I don't think Texas is either. Texas is no, not but, back. I mean, just to touch on Iowa State real quick, yeah, you have your, you have the best team in probably the history of your program at Iowa State. You haven't won the Cyhawk in five years. You get game day at home. An unbelievable atmosphere, probably the biggest game in your program's history outside of maybe the Big 12 championship last year, and that's the performance you you put on. Like this Iowa State team, like I know they start slow. They started slow last year, and they got a break because Oklahoma was really bad at the beginning of last year. But I don't know what to make of this Iowa State team any anymore. They'll play really good defense, which will bode well in the Big 12, but like. In terms of national contenders, I think we found out who this team really is yesterday. Yeah, and they could still go like nine and three, like maybe even a ten and two season, but it's it's all for naught. This team is their playoff chances are over. The the run, I think the run that Iowa State they had the last two three years, I think that's dead. Now that when Purdy and Hall are gone, and it was fun while it lasted. Matt mm-hmm. Campbell should take a job with Iowa yeah, because I would get out of Ames. I was just about to say that. that that program is it's not a bad program. Matt Campbell's just a very good coach, but couldn't win the big games. And Iowa State, their their short window, they missed their chance. This was this was their golden chance, and they missed it. Take the opportunity while you have it. Uh, what team is probably more disappointed this morning, Texas or USC? I mean, oh, that's that's a really tough question. I'd say USC, just because you're playing at home, you have a rivalry game against a team that lost twenty four to seven last week and should have really gotten shut out. They sh- scored a garbage time touchdown when the game was pretty much over. It's just like, it's the same story. Like, every single year, it's like, why is Clay Helton still employed as your football coach? He he can't coach. We're giving him credit because he won a Rose Bowl with Sam Darnold again, they five sh- years again, they ago now? Have won. It's, it's five years, yeah. Five years ago? Like, what would we be saying if he lost that game? Like, I have this team ranked at 24 to start the season. They didn't move after their win against San Jose State last week. Like, this team's an embarrassment right now. Like, you, there is no reason USC shouldn't be winning the Pac-12 every single year. You're in a prime spot for recruiting. All USC has to do is get 10 of the top 20 players in California, and you're a national championship contender every year. Well, the best player in California was, was Tanner McKee, the Stanford's quarterback. Yeah. You, you can't lose a two touchdowns at home to unranked Stanford as a 17-point favorite. I mean, two, just last year, they were what? Like, the ninth-best recruiting class in the Pac-12? Yeah, they were like, top- yeah, they were, they were, You're, you dumb. have a national brand like USC. You're in a prime recruiting spot, and you have the ninth best recruiting class at your own conference. Like, what am I missing here? Why is Clay Helton still employed? This is his. I think this was the last trial. Like, you're obviously not firing him on September 12th, but he. This this is his last year. And I, I I said it not on this show. I said it on a different show yesterday that Stanford will win this game. I'm not going to take credit for the upset pick here, but it's like that, that. The writing was on the wall for that game. Clay Helton was going to get outcoached by. Um. Uh, God, Stanford. David, Shaw. David Shaw. I was thinking David Campbell, <laughs> but David Shaw nine nine out of ten times, and David Shaw to his advantage coaches team up. They got blown out by Kansas State in Dallas. They got ready and they beat USC. I don't think Stanford's a bad team. I think they could you know have an eight and four season. They were one of my sleeper teams going into the season. Great performance from Stanford. Texas, on the other hand. Oh, that was a disaster. We, if I told you like two weeks ago, Stanford Texas was going to start one and one. You'd be like, oh, they yeah. were going to lose to Louisiana. Yeah, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. But like in the fashion they did it, they had a dominant win against Louisiana, who both of us thought were going to win. Both of us thought were a good team, 
and then now you're a touchdown favorite in Arkansas, and you lose by 19 points and get dominated by K.J. Jefferson and Traylon Smith. Man, he wasn't even that good. No, it was, it was a defense. It was Barry Odom's defense, former Mizzou, defense. Mizzou head coach, that shut down Hudson Card, then they put in Casey Thompson, and things didn't get much better. Like, Arkansas' leading receiver had one catch. One catch. It, it, it's insane how Texas finds ways to lose games. And let, let me make this clear. I do think this situation is going to get better under Stark. I do think that Texas is still a pretty good team. They just, once in a while, they put on these types of performances, and it's a disaster. Arkansas held Bijan Robinson to 69 yards on the ground at one touchdown. Texas had less than 300 total yards of offense. Like, this was a joke from the get-go, and Sarkeesian just had no answers when it came to adjusting. Yeah, and look, I think Texas can still get better from here. I don't think I'm not ready to say that their their season's on the brink of collapse. Look, I think this team is hope. I think they could still win nine games this year. I'm not ready to give up on. I'm not ready to sell my Texas stock yet. Is what I'm going to say. Yeah, this no, was, I'm, not, I'm not either. And Arkansas's good. Like, let's give them cr- credit. They played really good defense <laughs> yesterday. They're going to be a tough out in the SEC West week in and week out. Uh, Mizzou, who we we uh, know very yeah. well, has to go to their place. That's a loss at the end of the season, and I'm. Mizzou, no, Mizzou no, will right. lose that game. Yeah, Mizzou will lose that game. So, I mean, w- one thing I'm interested to watch out for is we talked about that awful Week Four schedule last week. Ar- Arkansas A&M is now Week Four. That that's going to be a top that 15 Dallas, matchup. right? Yep, that, it, sh- it should be. That, that's that's game day. That's game of the week. I, like it has to be. Like unless I don't think they'd go to Wisconsin Notre Dame, but considering Notre Dame's been awful and Wisconsin has lost, that, but, I think it's big news. Yeah, no. So Ar- Arkansas will play A&M in two weeks in Dallas. It should be. a very anticipating game, a lot of defense. But, yeah, no, this Arkansas team's going to be a tough out. Let's talk Notre Dame. So we didn't even have the chance to talk about Notre Dame last week. We both said on the show, don't be surprised if Florida State keeps this game close. Mm-hmm. Not only did they keep it close, they got within a field goal in overtime of winning the game. Yep. And we, we both kind of said, oh, Notre Dame with the escape. Notre Dame, good team. And then they almost lose at home to Toledo. Mm-hmm. If the Toledo quarterback on the zone read takes a knee at the one, Toledo wins that game. Yep. And I, I said it at the time also. When he, when he went in the end zone, I'm like, there's way too much. There was mm-hmm. 95 seconds on the clock. And they scored, Dame, what, a minute and seven seconds left? Notre Dame scored in three plays. On that drive, there were three plays for Notre Dame and three penalties on Toledo. It was, I'm not saying the refs decided that game, but Notre Dame, look, scoring with a minute 35 left, only bad things were going to happen from there. If you if you just take a knee there, you're putting the game in the hands of your kicker for a field goal less than 20 yards. But obviously, in the heat of the moment, you're the quarterback for uh, Toledo. Uh, I don't know his name. You have a chance you, you wanna, to beat a You want to score a game-winning touchdown at Notre Dame Stadium. I get it. But Notre Dame, holding on for dear life again. What are your thoughts on the Irish this season? Is it going to be like a survive and advance kind of year that we see? Kind of one team every year does this where it's like they barely hold on, and they kind of do this every year, and all of a sudden they're like 11-1 and one by the end of the year. Yeah, and my first thought goes to 2017 Miami when you say that. Yeah. Who just... Caps squeaking out wins every single week, and then they actually blew out Notre Dame, um, which was game day in Miami. But I think the reason that doesn't happen— 20, this, 2013 Auburn is another excellent example of that. Yeah, and the reason this doesn't happen to Notre Dame this year is because their schedule's too difficult. They're going to get Wisconsin in a couple weeks, then they get Cincinnati the week after that. Um, Even Purdue—I'm not saying Purdue's going to go Notre Dame win, but Jeff Brom is a good coach. Yeah, he is, and like— Notre Dame being an independent team, it's hard for them to do that. They they didn't exactly do that in 2018, 
when they when they made yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, they just had a very easy schedule. But they, but like we felt like they were worse than we were probably giving them credit for. Yeah. So can Notre Dame is, is Notre Dame going to go ten and two and win six games by one possession? Yeah. Very very probably. possible. But I don't think this is a team we look up at the end of the season and we're like, holy cow, this team has a chance to go to the playoff, even though they seem to lose every week. I just took a glance at Notre Dame's schedule. So they've already played arguably two of the worst teams of their schedule. Florida State might be the worst team on the schedule. Florida State lost at Jacksonville State yesterday. Well, one, of so. the, one of the plays of the season. What a play. What a game. Mm-hmm. That Florida State program, just when you think they've hit rock bottom, they get lower. <laughs> cool from Outer Banks. Uh, rest of the season for Notre Dame. They host Purdue next week. Should win. Tough game. Then they're going to your home field, Soldier Field, to take on the Wisconsin Badgers. And Wisconsin Wisconsin will win that game. Can play with them up front, and I think they should win that game. Then you're playing the team who both of us think are top six team, Cincinnati. That one's at Notre Dame Stadium, if I'm not. That is in Notre Dame Stadium. Um, Cincinnati's going to be. But Cincinnati can play up front with them. Cincinnati should be favored that game. And if they're not. Oh, that could be our pick of the week. That is going to be interesting. Liddy and I's pick of the week are both 2 0. We had Georgia and Iowa. We've hammered both. We've made good money on both. Like, listen, like, what we okay, let, let me finish. Okay. Then, then they go to Virginia Tech. At Lane Stadium, tough one. Then they're hosting USC, hosting North Carolina, hosting Navy, going to Virginia, hosting Georgia Tech, going to Stanford. If this Notre Dame team goes undefeated, like, like they're they going to, they're to be in the, the playoff. But if I think if they lose one game? No. Maybe? Like, here, Would that straight the record? Here's the thing. That schedule is really good. And, like, even the, some of the teams that we mentioned that we don't think of as highly right now, like, Virginia played very well yesterday against the bad Illinois team, but, like, they're 2-0 and right yeah. now. Like, you have you're, to, like, you're look gonna for You're going to play a team in the ACC that wins seven games. Like, UNC's got a quarterback that's going to be a first-round pick. USC, although they're awful, has another good quarterback, and they're a very big brand. Winning at Lane Stadium's tough. Winning at Stanford's tough. So, like... Even if they go 11 and 1, I think they're going to be considered because they're going to be at that point, what, like four top 15 teams? Yeah. Three top 15 teams? Like, that's not an unnotable resume like they've had in past years. I'm just looking, like, down the road at, like, a scenario where, like, one loss Notre Dame is getting in the playoff again. And, like, I have to watch Alabama versus Notre Dame. I mean, here's the, the thing. Ball. I think at that point, you have to come down to the fourth, left, your 13th data point, as Joel Klatt would, would call it. They don't have a conference championship. And,. Like, they don't have really an excuse anymore because we saw BYU join a conference th- just the other day. So, no- Notre Dame, I think with one loss, probably doesn't get in because there are going to be teams that have better wins than them. And they also have shared resumes with other teams so you can compare the two. And just, like, by the fact that, like, their eye test isn't going to be that yeah. good. Like, Kyron Williams like still hasn't, like, broken out yet. No, he hasn't. Let's t- want to talk upset specials? Yeah, let's do it. Liddy's 2 on his upset special, guys. Yeah, BYU beat Utah last night. My my Utah Utes, my team I thought was going to win the Pac-12, they still very much could. Mm-hmm. There's a non-conference loss. They could still, you know, win the Pac-12 South, win the Pac-12, but t- a tough beat. I'm not out on Utah yet either. I actually, I, pre- I'm, I can't take all the credit for that upset pick. Like, I didn't even think BYU would cover the spread. Not, I thought it would be close to the spread. Like, that upset pick was kind of because... Like there wasn't really a yeah. ton of good upset mine, picks last week, and I I played I played darts in the dark. What's what's the the I don't even know the the, the phrasing of it, but I A&M I went with Texas A and M to lose to Colorado. I took Colorado plus seventeen. They covered ten seven win for Texas A and M. They scored a touchdown with three minutes left. Yeah, and I'm not tough so, beat. Tough beat. 
back real quick to the BYU-Utah game. I'm not selling my stock on Utah either. BYU, it's a rivalry game. We always know BYU can play with them up front, and that's the one thing Utah like prides themselves on. So, no, I'm not out on this Utah team yet, but a very impressive for, win for BYU nonetheless. Do you want to look at the next week and pick ours? Yeah. Um, so here are some of the candidates. You could go Nebraska-Oklahoma. could go Cincinnati-Indiana. Coastal Carolina at Buffalo. Virginia Tech at West Virginia. Purdue-Notre Dame. Tulsa-Ohio State. Kent State-Iowa, maybe. Um, obviously, the rankings don't come out until later today. We could still kind of mix it up. Stony Brook, Oregon. Virginia-North Carolina. For North Carolina, is going to be ranked still. Uh, Rice-Texas, if Texas is still ranked. Tulane-Ole Miss, if Ole Miss, which should, should, should still be ranked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State goes to UNLV. Fresno State-UCLA. Liddy, what do you think? So, I teetered between two yesterday. Um, the one I didn't end up settling on was Michigan State Miami. Oh yeah, that's, uh, um, I think Michigan State can run the ball very well against Miami. I don't think Miami's looked very good no. at all in the first two weeks. If, but what if Miami's not ranked? That's a possibility. Okay. Um, I don't think they will be. I think they might move down after playing that close <laughs> game with App State. But App State's a sneaky good but, team. But my, my thing is like, who's moving up? So. Yeah, th- there's your thing. Like you have a couple teams that won yesterday that are unranked that should move in. BYU comes to mind, but there are also some teams that'll drop out. My upset pick of the week next week is I have West Virginia beating Virginia Tech in Morgantown. I love taking teams that are top twenty-five teams to lose on on the road in a in a Power Five game. So West Virginia a couple weeks ago lost by a touchdown to a good Maryland team that passes the ball very well. I didn't think Virginia Tech played all that well against UNC. I think they kind of just they shot themselves in the foot at time and won by default because Sam Howell was so bad. So I'm not really high on this Virginia Tech team, even though they have a top 10 win and are 2-0. I think West Virginia wins this game in, in Morgantown against Braxton Burmeister and Virginia Tech. I am going to go with Michigan State over Miami. If Michigan State is ranked, if Miami is ranked, I will go with Michigan State to go into Hard Rock State and be Miami. If not, if Miami is not ranked, I Buffalo Coastal Carolina is kind of looking me in the eye right now. But Buffalo lost. Yeah, no, Buffalo didn't play well against uh, Nebraska, which was surprising. They, they who they lose in their first game? Oh, they lost to Nebraska, twenty-three. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm not picking this team to be Coastal Carolina. No. But uh, actually, hmm. I will go with a team that didn't really look that good yesterday. The score is not as close as the game was. This would be a we you wouldn't really call this an upset two weeks ago. Indiana over Cincinnati. Okay. In Bloomington, I will either I I'm gonna tweet out my final one later this week. It'll either be Cincinnati, Indiana, or Miami, Michigan State. Harris uh, at Harrison Vatnick on Twitter. I will release that final uh, prediction tweet ranking. Anything else on college football for week two before we go into playoff rankings? Um, yeah, I didn't like realize right away this that this is happening, but I'm I'm just gonna say this right now: Virginia's gonna beat UNC next week. Is that game in? It's in Chapel Hill, but dude, Bronco Mendenhall can coach. Yeah, oh, best best coaching name in college football: Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall. Name. Yeah, so that's another one to watch out for. Um. BYU-Arizona State would have been a good pick, but BYU's going to be ranked, so that kind of takes that one off the board. But, um, yeah, we have we have kind of a down slate next week in college football overall after two really good weeks. 
Bama will go to the swamp to play Florida in what I think Bama will blow them out. And then um, the other really good game next week is we got the, we got the whiteout game next week. We, did, we didn't even talk about that, Harry. Oh, yeah. Bo, um, Bo, Bo Nix playing at the whiteout. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good win for Penn State. Penn State's gonna be three and zero. Congratulations to win, uh, James Franklin. You're three and zero. You're you're three weeks away from going to Iowa City for the biggest game of the Big Ten this season. Let's do playoff rankings. Okay, I'll, uh, you go first, John. All right. Um, let me pull up my Twitter real quick because that's where I have. So them. what we're doing is we're doing our four playoff teams as if we are the committee picking the playoff today, and then our four teams or three teams or however many that are just outside looking in the hunt. Okay. So I put up my top ten every week. Um, and then put out four teams at close. I'm not going to go that into detail, but I will tell you my top four changed up a little. Obviously, I had Ohio State at four last week, so they drop out. One, Alabama. Two, Georgia. Three, Oklahoma. Four, I have Iowa. The team I think is the best team in the Big Ten currently. I put them in narrowly over Oregon, who won in Columbus yesterday. I have Oregon at five, Cincinnati at six, Penn State at seven, all within striking distance. This is only week two, so... A lot of room. Um, Clemson and Ohio State both not really in the picture right now. Both have a loss, and both have a loss where I'd say like we saw some major flaws from the from both of them, and neither one of them looked very impressive. But still, a lot of season left. Can you imagine telling someone week three that Ohio State would be a third highest team ranked in the Big Ten? I have them ranked there too. I'll go with my number one. I have Alabama. Shocker. Number two, Georgia. They looked really good yesterday against UAB without JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. Three, Oklahoma. Four, Iowa. Okay. That so we have, the, we, have so the, good. we have the same top four. My f- five, six, seven, eight. I have Oregon five. They are really close, but mm-hmm. I, I, try, I like Iowa a little yeah. better. Then we have Penn State, Cincinnati, Texas a and I'm, I'm not, it, depending on the injury of their quarterback, mm-hmm. I'm not Haynes King. I'm not totally out on them yet. Not totally Listen, out like, like Texas a and Their defense should still win them nine games at, at minimum. Despite quarterback play, um, they need to run the ball better than they did yesterday, though. Because that's what their offense is based on. And Spiller and Akane were both just okay yesterday. I, I agree. All right, let's let's hit our break. We'll do NFL previews. This is Start Your Sunday, KCOU 88.1 FM. KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. The Army National Guard plays a vital role in your community. We're on the front lines supporting essential personnel, first responders, law enforcement, and medical professionals. Delivering food, supplies, and medicine. Keeping communities safe. Making a difference. During emergencies, we're always ready. Always there. Learn more about part-time service in the Army National Guard at nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. 
It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. Welcome back to KCOU 88.1 FM. This is Start Your Sunday. Harrison Vatnick alongside Jonathan Lidskin. Sunday, September 12th, 21. The kickoff of the NFL regular season was on Thursday with the Bucks beating the Cowboys. Awesome game. We don't have to go too much into that. Mm-hmm. Great game for Brady, Gronk, the Goats. But the NFL, seven hours of commercial free football. We're about 90 minutes away from inactive. Active should be coming out like right now. We got a lot, lot to talk about with the NFL. Let's start with a rematch of one of the best playoff games from last year, Browns Chiefs. An awesome game that kind of went down in the fourth quarter. Uh, Mahomes got hurt. Chad Henney had to come in, had a big run on third down, completion of uh, Tyree Kill on fourth down, sealed the game, twenty six twenty one. I want to say the final score was somewhere around (laughs) that, maybe twenty four nineteen. Do you have expectations? People think the Browns are a Super Bowl team. Do you have expectations that the Browns can go into Arrowhead and win this game in Week 1? Yeah, I do think they can. I don't think they will, but I think they can. I will advocate all season that the Browns this year have the most talented roster in the NFL. They added John Johnson from the um, excuse me from the Rams. They added very well in the draft, um, adding Jeremiah Ousu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame. And then Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. And then they, of course, get Odell Beckham back, who's going to be their top receiver this year. So this Browns team, they can win an arrow, Arrowhead this week. They absolutely can. Um, the spread's now down to five, yeah, by the way. Yeah, was at like six and a half. Um, so people believe in the Browns, and why shouldn't they? In addition to that roster, they're also very well coached. I think Kevin Stefanski is a fantastic coach. He ran a great offense with the Vikings before coming to Cleveland. And I think this Browns team coming into the season should be the second best team. I think today we are seeing the two best teams in the AFC going at it week one. I like the Chiefs when it was six and a half, and at five, I like them even more. Patrick Mahomes undefeated in the month of September in his three years. He's thrown like no interceptions, come to like 20 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes in September is the best quarterback, maybe in NFL history. The Chiefs in week one, I love Andy Reid off buys. I love him in week one, the best coach in that situation. I'm not as sold on the Browns as other people. I do think they have some weaknesses in the secondary. Outside of Denzel Ward, I think there's a lot of question marks. They have John Johnson, they just added from the Rams, mm-hmm. but then you're going to Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom and Grant Delpit, who was a rookie last year who didn't play. It's a lot of uncertainty there. Just, I'm not saying down the road that they're not going to figure it out, but I'm talking mm-hmm. in terms of week one. I think we're going to see a lot of Tyree Kill, a lot of Travis Kelsey, and the one thing the Chiefs don't really have is 
the kind of the depth outside receiver. Outside of those two, it's it's Michael Hardman, it's Byron Pringle, it's Demarcus Robinson. There's no more Sammy Watkins. There's no more that really top number two receiver. Even the number two tight end is like Blake Bell, or they have a rookie tight end Noah Gray. It's the offensive line is significantly better. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a, a Chiefs route. Their defense. I think Teron Matthews going to play has been on the COVID nineteen list all week. Chris Jones is now playing edge. They added uh, Deron Reed from from Seattle. The linebackers are solid. I think Tredavious Ward and Ladarius Need are some solid corners that will take down or take on Landry and Beckham. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to blow out the Browns today. I, I really do. I think this is going to be a 20-point win for Kansas City. Yeah, I feel like I just gave so much credit to the Browns for addressing their problems last year. But the, we kind of forget the Chiefs saw a problem in the Super Bowl, their offensive line, and they went out and addressed that too. So this Chiefs team should be much better than they were last year. And that's crazy to say, considering that how good Mahomes was last year, how good the Chiefs have been the last two years. But this, I could see what you just said, but I'm, I'm a believer in the Browns. I'm a believer in them getting stops. And I'm a believer of Baker making plays and them running the ball with Nick Chubb today. So what's your prediction? Um, I, I have Chiefs 38, Browns 18. I'll go Chiefs 31, Browns 27. Okay, so close game. Let's mm-hmm. talk about another, not playoff rematch, these two teams played late in the year. A game I'm really excited for that kind of Vegas doesn't think it's going to be as exciting. Bills Steelers. I am, I'm very excited for this game. Um, two the Bills are a six and a half point favorite. Mm-hmm. They beat the Steelers uh, 25 to 13 last year in week 14, I want to say. This, the Bills, really good team. They're my Super Bowl pick. They improved their defensive line. They still have Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have their got better receiver. They added Emmanuel Sanders to join Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs. Dawson Knox, a tight end, strong offensive line, very good secondary, very good linebackers. And they're playing a Pittsburgh team that I think people are almost sleeping on. Their new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, this will be his first game with them. Hmm. They have a good receiving core, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, the backfield is a question. We're going to see Najee Harris for the first time mm-hmm. in the pros. Excited for him. Ben Roethlisberger. People are saying he's in the best shape of his life. Do I know that for sure? Probably not. But we'll, we'll see what they look like. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so we're going to see, I think, a very, very low-scoring football game today between these two. Two really good defenses, like you mentioned. My concern with Pittsburgh is kind of like how we talked about in college football where there's one team that like hangs around, wins a bunch of close games, and all of a sudden we look up and they have like one or two losses. Um Usually it's not that in the NFL. Usually it's a couple more. But the Steelers started 11-0 last year. They ended up including their playoff game, losing five of their final six, which Bad. was a disaster. And then they got worse, I think, in the offseason. They lost a couple pieces on defense. Their offensive line's worse. They did add Najee Harris in the draft, which should help their running game, which was just a disaster down the stretch last year. But Big Ben's getting old. He's not even close to as what he's used to be. The receivers are good, like you said. Deontay Johnson had his drop problems last year. Hopefully that gets fixed for his case. Um, Claypool was good in the red zone. But, no, I think the Bills win, and it's probably really close to the, the spread today. I have the Bills by a field goal. It, just, it literally just came out when you were talking. Zach Moss, a surprise inactive. Wow, really? So they're running back. It's Devin Singletary. And Who's like, behind him? Like Is it Taiwan Jones? I don't, I'm not sure who they're... No, who's in the backfield over they, there? They kind of split split carries between Singletary and Moss, and Moss I think is the better of the two, probably. Well, not today, but he with him not being there today and Singletary, I don't think he is ready to take on a twenty. He's not touching the ball twenty twenty carry times. workload. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of Josh Allen today. Well, a Josh lot, Allen's their goal back. Mm-hmm. I 
I'm taking the Bills by a field goal, 29-26. I'll take the Bills. Um, I'll go 28. I'll go 28-23, Buffalo. Two playoff teams from last year meeting in Indianapolis, Seattle at the Colts. I'm excited for I'm this I'm really one. excited for this game. We'll get to see Carson Wentz for the first time. I'm a believer in Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. He's my comeback player of the year prediction. I think Seattle is a good team. I, I'm higher on them than you are. I, I, I'm a believer in Russell Wilson. Tyler, They have a new offensive coordinator, the guy coming in from the Rams. Metcalf's one of the best receivers in the league. They added Gerald Everett, the tight end from L.A., who I really like. The offensive line is they added Gabe Jackson, but still some questions. The secondary is pretty weak, but they're playing at Indianapolis receiving core that doesn't really have too much. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell. Uh, their tight end is uh, Jack Doyle. Who do you give the advantage to? I'm, I have Seattle winning this game by a touchdown because I just, I'm taking the better quarterback play, and I think Russ is going to do enough to lead them offensively. What do you see happening today? So I kind of did a complete – I was going through my schedule predictions, I think Thursday it was, and I kind of did a complete 180 on the Colts. I actually have them winning the division now by a game okay. over, Welcome to the club. over Tennessee. Um, I have them finishing 11-6, and six, Tennessee finishing 10-7, and seven, and I believe I have Tennessee missing the playoffs because of tiebreakers. So, Russell Wilson isn't great on the road, always. He's going to play in a dome week one against the stingy def- Colts defense that's coached very well. Carson Wentz, this is, I want to say this is his revenge season. Like you, I'm still a believer in him. Quint Nelson, after the injury questions, is playing this week. That's huge for them. I think you're going to see a very steady dose of Jonathan Taylor today against the Seahawks defense that I have questions about. And then I think the Colts are able to get after Russ a lot today because I have a lot of questions about the Seahawks offensive line. I'm not that high in Seattle. Um, I think the Colts getting three is a joke. Yeah, I have um, Seattle. I'm taking my, my best bet is today Seattle minus. Well, I got it at one and a half. But I think it's up to like three now. You got the Colts? I have Seattle minus one and a half. Oh, really? That's my best bet of the week. Wow. I, I was I'm going for the other line. Really? Yeah, I have I think Colts plus three is just a joke. Like I think the Colts should win, win this game for sure. Like I know Russ was really good early in the season last year. Russ is but, always really good in the beginning. But the, of the year. Seahawks played Dude, a lot the of Colts, close games. The Colts haven't won a season opener since like twenty thirteen. I know, and which is why I'm staying away from it. But like if you want a good value there. The Colts plus three. I think it's going to take some time for for uh, Reich and Wentz to kind of figure it out, and especially in like a new system. I don't think Wentz played in preseason at all. He got hurt in training camp. I think it's going to take some time. I don't see them coming in week one and just firing at it. I think it's going to take some time. It's interesting. I think their defense will still be really yeah, good today. Yeah, defense is the um, best unit on the field. And I think the Colts. I'll, I'll take the Colts twenty four twenty. I'll take the Colts twenty four twenty in this. I one. have Seattle thirty one twenty four. A battle of Alabama quarterbacks. Mac Jones. This one's going to be fun. Versus Tua Tagovailoa. Dolphins Patriots 325 Central on Fox, on CBS. I tweeted this morning a picture of Mac Jones and wrote, A New Hope. A New Hope in Foxborough. A new quarterback. The Star Wars the, reference there. Thank you. The face of the franchise, the face of the organization, Mac Jones. And the new look New England Patriots completely revamped their team the offseason, added two superstar tight ends, added a guy like Matthew Judah on the defensive line, Henry Anderson, Devin Godshaw, uh, Kyle Van Noy's back, 
Lots of lots of really solid players there. They're without Stefan Gilmore for the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. JC Jackson will take over the corner one. Trent Brown is back from the Raiders. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. This is like it's almost like so an NBA style. Mm-hmm. Like NBA, you see these teams, you know, completely redo their team in the offseason. You don't see in the NFL. Bill Belichick saw a, a very poor roster last year go seven and nine and saying, wait till we see what you can do with some actual talent now. Mm-hmm. In the start of Bill Belichick's revenge season. You know, kicks off today, and what do you expect to see in Foxborough? Yeah, there's this myth going around right now that the Dolphins' defense is better than the Patriots, which is simply not it's true. Cute. It's cute. Um, it, it's just simply not true. Like, we, we've said this for a while now, and our buddy Jake has as well. Um, it's really hard to lead the NFL in turnovers or even come close back-to-back years. Yeah, it's like and, with the Bears, your, your Chicago Bears in yep. 2018 forced most turnovers in the league. In 2019, they couldn't force any. That's why they regressed, because it, it just happens. Like, you turnovers are... Lucky at times. You get a quarterback making a really bad throw. You get a tip ball. Uh, running back loses a ball that he shouldn't. Like, it ju- they just happen. So, between the Patriots defense being better even without Stephon Gilmore, and then I'm going to trust Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle's word on this one. Mac Jones will play a better game than Tua Tagovailoa today. Patriots win a fairly low-scoring football game. I'll go, 20, uh, I'll go, I'll go 19-13 New England. I'm going to England 20 to 14. I'm, I have high expectations for Jones. I don't think he's going to go out and throw for 350 yards today. But when I say no, high, he'll do what he needs when to I do. say high expectations, I'm saying just making a lot of smart plays, having good reads. This is a rookie in his first game. But I said this before the draft, also when talking about Mac Jones, in the right situation, he will succeed, and he is so smart. And I, I think it was Joe Clatt who said this on the hurt. We. We love Joe Clyde, who said this on the herd this week, and I think it applies to Mac Jones, is that the way Alabama practices every day is so hard. Once you get to the games, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones was in that Alabama system for, for three, four years. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest system, and he won a national championship, was a Heisman runner-up, and now he's going from that to New England, who follows a very similar philosophy of they go hard, and now you're just going to the game, and Mac Jones... Mac Jones has practiced against the Alabama defense for three years, and, and now he's going into the NFL. I don't see him going in there and being like shook, if, and, if you know what I mean. And if, and you look what hap- what happens at Alabama after he leaves. If Mac Jones wasn't playing well or practicing well last year, they had Bryce Young right behind him. Bryce Young and, is the Heisman favorite and, as of this morning. And Nick Saban had no problem switching quarterbacks. He's done it before. So And Mac Jones I was think, a Heisman runner-up. I think Mac Jones is the most ready rookie quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence from this class. Yeah. So, yeah, I it's think the Patri- Patriots win a low-scoring football game today, and we see that Mac Jones is ready to play in the NFL. I have Patriots win 20-14, to 14, and Mac Jones will throw zero touchdowns, though. Both the touchdowns will be rushing. From- I hope so. I have Damian Harris in, like, three fantasy leagues. Yeah. So. <laughs> Damian Harris is going to have a big year. Uh, we'll fly through a couple games really fast. Eagles-Falcons, give me a winner. Uh, I'll take the Falcons, and I think they cover cover the three-and-a-half, I think it is. I like that. Um, I have the Eagles winning two football games all year. I have three. I think they're the second-worst team in the NFL besides... Uh, Houston, they're the worst team in the NFC. Jalen Hurts is just not made for the NFL, and their roster is not very good overall. I am going Falcons by ten points, thirty-one twenty-one. Uh, give me a winner. Let's go Vikings Bengals, a game that we'll have on our eyes on in our our main screen today with yeah. uh, David Campbell and Zach Zima we as a- our Vikings fans, Jake Circus, a fellow KCOU uh, host, as a Bengals fan. They'll be crowding around our TV watching this game. Which of our friends will be most upset come 3.30 today? Um, I hate to tell Jake this, but I think he's going to be the one that ends up being upset. I know you're going to disagree with me on this, we'll but 
The Vikings are a very revamped team. They got Daniel Hunter back. They've added offensive lineman depth. They fixed a lot of things. And I think their main problem last year on defense was they were so hurt. Like, they, I mean, they the Vikings. I mean, they were struggling Anthony to put Bars, guys. Anthony Barr's not playing today. I have my questions about the Vikings' corners. I do think Dance, that Dancer's not playing either. I do think that could be an issue today. But I think the Vikings running the ball is going to be a huge problem for Cincinnati. I have the Vikings winning this one close. I'll go 27-24 Minnesota. So that's plus three and a half. Cash is in. I am going with Cincinnati pulling off the upset. They're going to. I like the idea of Joe Burrow in his first game back at home. First game with full fans back in Cincinnati. I, I, I think this is a game the Bengals can get some momentum, and they start the season strong. I have, I'm going to go the same exact score, but different team, 27-24 Bengals. Okay. I, I, I don't think the Vikings secondary is very good. I think Burrow's going to have a big day. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, I think will have like 10 catches today, uh, 100 yards. Keep an eye out for him. I don't think the Vikings have a slot corner that can guard him, especially Patrick Peterson's their corner one. He's going to be kind of focusing on the rookie Jamar Chase, I would mm-hmm. think. I am a couple, couple unless you guys, but like 10 years apart. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I'm going to take the Bengals to uh, pull off the upset. Yeah, I'm interested to watch Jamar Chase today. Uh, any chance the Lions can upset the 49ers at home? No, 49ers are the best team in the NFC this, this year. I'm very adamant in that. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo plays well. Uh, I think you'll see Trey, Trey Lance a little bit today, actually, in sort of like a Taysom Hill role. Um, hopefully we get to see him throw a pass or two. But uh, 49ers, eight, eight points is a lot. I think they have a legit shot at covering it. I think the Lions are just god-awful. I'll take the Niners by two touchdowns, 34-20. to 20. Jared Goff couldn't beat the 49ers when he was on the Rams. Now he's supposed to go <laughs> yeah. play for, for Dan Campbell and Darren Bravell and the Detroit Lions. Anthony Lynn is in their offensive coordinator somehow. And now they're expecting them to be the best team we think with, in the NFC. With that receiving core, too. It'll, it's If you can name a Detroit Lions wide receiver, you're a Detroit Lions fan. That's about it. Who's your wide receiver one? Um, Tyrell Williams, Williams, right? Oh, and, then is, Quinta, and then Quintez Cephas. Like, the Niners secondary is like not their strength, but they're going to look like the best secondary like in the league today. today. Uh, what else we got? It's Cardinals-Titans. Very fun game from Tennessee. The Titans are a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Do you like Kyler Murray and company going on the road and winning this game? Yeah, if you're a betting fi- if you're a betting man, I would t- hammer the over today. There's going to be a ton of points scored in this. Neither game. defense is very good. This game, yeah, these defenses are awful. The the Cardinals did add JJ Watt, so their pass rush should be better, but their secondary just isn't very good. The Titans defense as a whole, even though they added some guys, not very good as well. Um, I think that I actually have a four downs question about this game for you that okay. I'll ask later, but um, I think the Titans win. Probably somewhere like I'm gonna go 34 30, uh, Tennessee. 34 30, Tennessee. I expect a huge game from AJ Brown. I'm gonna go Tennessee winning 35 27. I think, I don't know who on the Cardinals is supposed to tackle Derrick Henry. JJ <laughs> Watt? I guess Chandler have, Jones. Have, like, yeah, I forgot Jones coming from, back from injury. That's that's important. I keep forgetting they have Watt also. Yeah, also like. I think that seems better. I think in a, in a close game, I'll take Rabel over Kingsbury any day of the week. That's that's a big coaching mismatch. Let's go with Chargers Washington. I know you're really excited for this. Yeah, game. no, I two teams that I'm very excited to watch. I have Washington still winning the NFC East, even okay. though after, even after what I saw from Dallas on I have, Thursday, I have picked Dallas to win the NFC East each every year since 2011, since I started doing NFL predictions. That the NFC East has had two Super Bowl champions since then. And Dallas I have still picked Dallas to win the division the next year. That is un- unbelievable. So, about this Washington and L.A. game, uh, 
almost forgot that the Chargers are now in L.A. So they might as well still be in San Diego. Yeah. With the, hey, we get to see them at SoFi next week, though. Yeah. So we get, we get a three and a half hour you, advertisement for SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really high on Justin Herbert, higher than probably anybody on this planet. I have him as my seventh ranked quarterback, which is probably a little high, but I'm a big fan of the guy. Um, I think my Justin Herbert takes could look really bad today. I think this Washington defense is the best in the league. Uh, they added William Jackson at corner. Their front four uh, should get scary. Is th- here's Chase, the thing: Chase Young, defensive player of the year. Watch. Here's out. the thing: I thought they were the best defensive front four in, in the NFL last year, and they're all young, so they all should get better. So, I think Washington could make Justin Herbert look like a child today. And walk what if, but what if Justin Herbert just tears them up? What if Herbert looks like oh, he's even move around and find Keenan Allen, find Jalen Gutton, find Mike Williams? I, I think Eckler's playing. If he does that, then you and Jake Circus and David Campbell are in for a treat from from me. I'm going to be. I, I'm, I'm high on Herbert. I'm higher than them on Herbert. So, I think I think regardless of that, I think Washington wins. Yeah, again, a low scoring football game. I'll go 17. 14 Washington. I was going to say 17 13 Washington. I, I, I agree. Low scoring game. I think the Chargers are a playoff team. I don't think Washington is, but I think Washington gets some pressure on Herbert. And I'm going to uh, 17 16, I'll say. Very, last second field goal, the Chargers miss at the end. They have a rookie kicker. It's only fitting that his first kick of the Chargers is a miss. Uh, <laughs> Jets Panthers, give me a winner. Uh, Sam Darnold, revenge game. I like, like the Panthers. I like the Panthers in a blowout. Uh, 38. 17. Jaguars, tight Texans. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to watch this game today unless you're a Jaguars or Texans fan. But Or you have red zone when, on. When we check the score, who's going to win? Um, Trevor Lawrence plays well in his first game, I think. I got Jacksonville by a touchdown. I have Houston in the upset. Wow, really? I, I don't have Houston winning a game this year. So. I, last year, week one, I predicted Jacksonville to beat Indianapolis. I'm going reverse roles. I'm picking Houston to pull the upset today again. Houston is a. Th- Why are we giving making Trevor Lawrence a three point favorite on the road in his first career game? Because Houston has the worst roster in the NFL that we've ever seen. They have a coach that's te- that nobody wanted, and they have a GM that nobody wanted. Tyrod Taylor gets his win, 23-20 against rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what game has have we not gotten to? Packers Saints. Oh, weird game in. Ja- in I'm in not like excited for this game though. I'm not like no, oh, man, like I'm like, not saying I can't wait to see Jameis Winston against. Rogers. I think your storyline here is Jameis Winston, pro- probably in this game. Um, this small spread, three and a half for Green Bay. Yeah, and that I, team I don't think is very good. The Saints, with the spread being so low, I would just stay away from the game. I think it's weird. I think the Saints have a chance, but I'll take Green Bay in a cl- in a close game. Rogers plays well. Adams plays well. Green Green Bay close. So it'll be pretty high scoring. I I'll think. take Green Bay close, thirty five thirty. Jameis last pick. Uh, give me a winner, Broncos Giants. I'm going to go upset here. I'll go Giant, Giants at home. I agree. Uh, Bears-Rams. Uh, the Bears keep within 14 points. I'm a Bears a Bears fan. I don't think the Bears score double-digit points today. I have 17-3 Rams. Give me a winner. Ravens-Raiders. Uh, I'll go to the Raiders, actually. Go. First game at Allegiant with fans. Um, the Baltimore is really depleted at running back. They've had a disaster week with Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters getting hurt. I like Vegas. I think I don't think Vegas is as good as last year, but that's only because pe- teams got better than them. All right. Uh, I go Raiders 24-20 in the upset. Let's do four downs, four rapid-fire questions that have to do with the NFL today. John, 
Your debut in four downs, you can go first. Yeah, I was, doing, I was doing mine this morning, so here we go. Oh, waiting uh, for the last minute. <laughs> for, I forgot about it until this morning. All right, first down. Three rookie quarterbacks make their NFL debuts today. Who throws for the most passing yards between Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones? I'll go Trevor Lawrence. Second down. George Kittle returns after a season-ending injury last year. Over under five and a half catches today for Kittle at Detroit. I'll go over. He's on my fantasy team. All right, good pick. Uh, highly anticipated off third down. Highly anticipated offensive matchup between the Cardinals and Titans today. Who goes for more yards between AJ Brown and DeAndre Hopkins? I'll go AJ Brown. Good pick. I like that. Fourth down. Sam Darnold playing against his former team today. Over on, over or under 248 and a half passing yards for the former Jet. Over. He's going for 300. First down for me. Which former Alabama quarterback will throw for the most yards today? Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, or Mac Jones? I'll go Jalen Hurts. Second down, more rushing yards today. Jonathan Taylor or the entire Seahawks team? Jonathan Taylor. Third down, which defense will have more sacks today, the Giants or Broncos? Um, I'll go the Giants, actually. Fourth down, in last year's Bill Steelers game, Ben Roethlisberger threw for 187 yards. How many will he throw for today? I'll go 240. Those are four downs. Let's go... Who are your best fantasy players today? People you want to have an eye out for, they think have a huge day. Um, so I have a couple that I'm going to pull up right now. Um, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot okay. against Detroit. I'm starting him in a ton of leagues today. I think he has just a fantastic day. Um, and I know they have Kittle back now, which probably hurts his fantasy value a little. But I think the 49ers offense is going to be pretty good this year, even though it's run heavy. Um, another guy... I like James Robinson okay. um, against against Houston. I, like I mentioned, I think Houston is the worst roster that I've maybe ever seen. And I'm going to add LaVisca Chenault to that, too. I think Jacksonville's offense has a pretty good day against in Trevor Lawrence's debut. Um, another guy that I'd want... Uh, here's a guy I want to sit. Javante Williams. Um, playing yeah. against a tough Bronco... Uh, we don't sorry, know if he's going to be the starter. Playing in tough, against a tough Giants defensive line. Um, we don't know if he's going to how many carries he's going to get, how much he's going to see the field. I think when Melvin Gordon inevitably goes down with an injury, he's going to be fantastic for them. But he's got a tough matchup, and we don't know how much he's going to play. Um, Let's see. Another guy I'd go is... um, I Honestly, if you have the depth, which I don't because I'm in a 14-team league, (laughs) but uh, I I would sit Kareem Hunt today. I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs de- defense of line is better than people give it credit for. Um, Chubb obviously is there is there for them, so I would sit Kareem Hunt. Those are just a couple a couple guys looking at my teams that I would go start. Sitting. Let's let's wrap up the show with this. Your one breakout player for today, one player in the league anywhere any any position, just gonna have a huge day. Um. Kyle Pitts. I oh, think you took mine. I think I, I think Kyle Pitts against that Eagles defense is going to have. An enormous day. I expect. I've said this since he was drafted. Kyle Pitts is going to have a thousand-yard season. He could break records as a tight end, and that's despite the 17-game season. Um, I think it won't matter that there's a 17th game. I think he's going to break records regardless. This guy is playing in a, a good matchup against the Eagles, and I'll say this again. I've said this a hundred times, and I'll say it again. Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver that can block. Yep. I'll go, you man. I'm left scrambling. I'm, so I'm left scrambling. No, it's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna that. go with a receiver going into the secondary. I don't think is outstanding. I think he could have over 100 yards playing with a quarterback in his first game. I think he's gonna look for a lot for this guy. You want to guess who it is? It's Terry McLaurin. Okay. Terry McLaurin, my breakout player today, Washington wide receiver. I think he's gonna go for over 150 yards and find the end zone. 
This has been week one NFL, week two college football recap. Start your Sunday. Anything else to add on? No, excited for this first NFL week. All right, everybody. Enjoy the games today. Enjoy your Sunday. Happy football season. It's back. 